Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the October 12th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 122 of the series, and I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair. On tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be talking about all sorts of things, such as John Travolta starring in the new Dirt Track movie, Trading Paint, testing up the new IndyCar at Sebring, and its impact on next year, discussions between the ACO, WEC, and IMSA on 2020, Team Penske rejoining the International Motorsports Association, the addition currently being made to Charlotte for the 2018 road course race, and how time is running out for the new manufacturers to enter NASCAR before the 2019 season, as well, of course, of anything else that pops up in the conversation. Trading Paint, written by Craig Welch and Gary Girani, centers on a down-and-out dirt track racing legend who is drawn back into the winner's circle after his son, an aspiring driver, joins a competitor's racing team and ignites an intense and dangerous competition between father and son. John Travolta, Tony Sebastian, Michael Madsen, Shania Twain, and Kevin Dunn star in the racing drama. The producers are Andrea Yervalino, hopefully I didn't butcher that too much, Monica Bacardi, Silvio Maraglia, and Alexandra Klim. Ambi and Paradox Studios are fully financing and producing the film. Ambi Distribution, the worldwide sales arm of Ambi Group, is handling worldwide sales. Yervalino said, it's well known that dirt track racing is one of the most exciting sports in the world, and it's also one of the most dangerous. Our story is rooted in that high-speed danger, but also very much character-driven. And this is where we, having someone of John's caliber and gravitas plays, pays great dividends. Monica and I have been wanting to work with John for a long time, and we're excited that this is the project we're finally able to collaborate on. Bacardi added, this is a gripping story that touches audience nerves while moving at a fast pace. For something that requires this type of range, you better have an actor who can deliver, and we have one of the all-time greats in John Travolta, who we are very excited to work with. There is nothing John cannot do, and he proves this time and time again with every project he's involved in. We're excited to put this film into production. Merglia added, What attracted me to Trading Paint was the emotional journey of a father and son and the heart of the story. Watching these characters work through their estrangement, rediscover one another, and ultimately come to respect one another, all set against the reckless, ruthless backdrop of Southern dirt track, spoke to me and made this picture. That movie sounds quite. That movie sounds quite intriguing, and I personally can't wait for it to hit theaters. Honda's official 2018 car tester Oriol Servia shared seat time with James Hinchcliffe and the Schmidt-Peterson run machine, while Scott Dixon drove a Chip Ganassi racing car. In the Chevrolet camp, the Bowtie's 2018 tester, Juan Pablo Montoya, shared his Penske car with newly crowned champion Joseph Newgarden, mm-hmm. while Spencer P- Piggott used an Ed Carpenter racing machine. Servia, who was really enthusiastic about the new car, following the Super Speedway short road course test, 
stage driving teams and a 2018 car hugely demanding on street courses and by achieve one of IndyCar's prime objectives, Servio said. Well, first of all, the test went well, and we did everything we were supposed to do. Actually, I think it went even better than IndyCar hoped because we wanted it to, really to be really hot to make sure that the cooling for the engine, electronics, and brakes was good enough. And expletive deleted because we have had those sort of issues on the show before. <laughs> it was hot. It was 97 degrees, even as I left the track at 5.30 p.m. So in the middle of the day, it was over 100, and everything worked fine. But the car, yeah, it was a real handful, and that's good. It's the most difficult we found anywhere in these four tests, and man, it was so loose, so loose. And that's what the good drivers wanted, right? It's going to make the teams have to finally totally have to find totally new setups. The street course setups for the last three years will not work at all with this new car. So everyone's going to have to go back to the drawing board to make this car work. Servia confirmed that the straight line speed improvement over the current car was noticeable, but the car, yeah, it was a real handful, and that's good. It's the most difficult we found anywhere in these four tests, and man, it was so loose, so loose, and that's what the good drivers wanted, right? Piggott, a past guest on the program, who becomes Ed Carpenter Racing's full-timer in the 20, number 21 car next year after a scene and a half as the team, team owner's road and street course driver, echoed Servia's enthusiasm. Everything that Montoya, Montoya and Servia have been saying about the car is true, told motorsport.com. It's very different from the student center. Less grip, you're working the steering wheel more, slide down a lot more, brakes on longer, the power down is less forward. You're definitely having to modulate the throttle to prevent wheel spin, and I don't just mean in the tight corners either. As you accelerate through second and third, the rear of the car is getting lively. The 2015 Indy Lights champion said the challenge of the new car was no greater than that of the 2015-2017 cars, but its demands were very different. I don't want to disrespect how it was to drive the previous car. That was challenging too, he remarked. But this is challenging in a different way, and it will take a different approach to things. The G-forces are a bit different, but I didn't notice in my neck specifically. I noticed it more through the wheel. You can feel there's less steering load. The degree services the straight difference between the car was very simple. The 23-year-old said that the was a culture shock from what he got used to over the seasons. He felt things would make the car a little more docile over the course of the season. Switching gears. Scott Atherton now says that there's a genuine interest from the in and the GATO to become set of global regulations for 2020. The IMSA press revealed the open to the possible addition of hybrid power in the next generation from its current DPI formula. The development comes in the wake of a planned overhaul to the initially announced LMP1 regulations for 2020, which calls for fast charging hybrid plug-ins and stretches of all electrical driving. That has since been abandoned in the wake of Porsche's exit from the FIA World Endurance Championship top class at the end of the season. It's resulted in a complete rethink of LMP1 that could see a shared platform with the next generation of IMSA's GTI regulations, which is due out in 2021. Atherton confirmed that auction was initially discussed late last month, although admitted there's still a lot more questions than answers at this point. 
It's good to be together and we're discussing it as an opportunity to If we could bring the room together and the top prototype carry America race the Czech Championship to be with races at all in the V. The genuine nature of both sides of the equation. The A push for a common set of future LMP1 VTI regulations has been made by a number of manufacturers, including McLaren and Ford which have both indicated interest in mounting factory prototype efforts should it be able to fight for overall wins at Daytona, Sebring, and Le Mans with the same car. While Atherton said he hasn't been in any specific discussions with manufacturers, he admitted it's a desirable option that would likely expand global prototype involvement. If we're able to look around the next corner to the 2020-2021 timeframe and have the alignment occur I think it would only serve to accelerate that and attract others that are not currently involved, he said. That's the ultimate goal. While the FAA and CEOs desire to continue the technology of initially the potential block from that and has revealed that it is of that possibility as long as it can be done in a most effective manner. What's called from the current LMP1 book has proven to be unsustainable. You wouldn't want to engage in a similar set of circumstances even if you had something, someone willing to say will compete at that level. It would have to be based upon practical availability, affordability, and sustainability. He admitted hybrids could be an option for the next set of regulations in the prototype class. From Insta's perspective, it's not a question of if, but when hybridization becomes part of everything we're doing, Atherton said. If you look at every major automobile manufacturer, they're either talking about an all-hybrid lineup of vehicles or an all-electric lineup of vehicles in the not-too-distant future, 2025-2030. I think all forms of motorsport need to be cognizant of that so you don't box yourself in with a set of rules that are out of sync with the practical application of the automobile from the manufacturers and in the eyes of the consumers. His initial impressions of the ACO equivalence of technology DPI and competition globally in 
2020. The current DPI regulations are guaranteed through the end of the 2020 Tech Championship season. There's questions in our mind right now about the timing of how the super season and the impact that has that has on existing homologations, Atherton stated. Our commitment to our DPI instructors is unwavering in that this is a four-year homologation, so that takes us through the 2020 season. That could be a blended that could be the blended scenario of having existing still eligible DPI cars, but also allowing the next generation to this is speculative. With the FIA and ACO having declared plans to finalize the regulations by the end of this year, Atherton said IMSA would be ready to step up to help determine the unified platform should talks move forward in the coming weeks. The vision there, from our perspective, would be a joint process, he said. If the goal is to have common regulations, then both parties would need to be actively involved in crafting them. Our technical team would absolutely make it a priority. Penske announced that longtime winning IndyCar driver joined the team's new accuracy program of the 2018 IMSA and Dane Cameron in racing with Acura RX05 Daytona Prototype International entries next season. Acura Team Penske's final full time and endurance drivers will be announced at a later date. Castro Neves will officially return to sport car competition, joining fellow Team Penske drivers Montoya and Simon, oh gosh, Peginod, at this weekend's 20th anniversary Moto Petit Le Mans at Road Atlanta, driving an ORECA 07. The team will make its competition debut with the new Acura prototype sports car, the IMSA's 2018 season opening Rolex 24 race at Daytona in January. In addition to his sport car duty, Pastor Nevis is expected to continue to compete for Team Penske in next May's Indianapolis 500 as the popular Brazilian driver continues his quest to become a four-time winner of the greatest spectacle in racing. Elio has been a valuable member of Team Penske for almost 20 years, and we are looking forward to sharing more success together. Competitors like Elio, Rick Mears, and you are what have made Team Penske what is today. This represents and I know he's excited about the opportunity. Having established winning drivers like Helio and Vaughn, teaming up with the young and talented racers like Dane Cameron, will help give our new sports car program a solid foundation as we head into the 2018 season. Nevis will transition to the Team Penske sports car program after 18 successful seasons with the organization's Verizon IndyCar Series team. Castroneves finished fourth in this year's championship standings, marking the 14th time in his career that he has finished inside the top five in the season-ending rankings. Over the course of his 20-year IndyCar career, Castroneves has produced 30 wins and 50 pole positions, including one win and three poles, one in 2017. Championship Open Wheel Racing Program. He's for three victories in the Indianapolis, two of which came back back in his first two starts in Indy in 2001 and 2002. He last won at the Indianapolis 500 in 2009 and has come remarkably close to the first time over the last four seasons. 
In addition to his remarkable IndyCar success, Castro Nevis has also made five starts for Team Penske in sports car competition as he produced two poles, three podium finishes, and a class victory, a class A victory in the 2008 Petit Le Mans event. I've been fortunate to achieve a lot of my personal goals with Team Penske over the years, said Castro Nevis, who is also the longest nerd driver in team history, helping Roger, the team, and everyone's accurate start this program and build it from the ground up will be another big challenge and a great opportunity in my career. I am proud of everything we have accomplished together in IndyCar, and now I am focused on helping to develop the ARX 05 to try and win the 24-hour of Daytona and the IMSA championship in 2018 with Acura. I'm also excited to get a chance to race again for Team Penske at the Indianapolis 500. That race is near and dear to my heart, and trying to become the fourth four-time winner is something I really want to accomplish in my career. We've come so close the last few years, and with this team, I know we will have a great opportunity to try and make some history. The Acura ARX 05, Acura Racing Experimental Generation 5, is the latest in the line of endurance prototypes to be fielded by the company, dating back to 1991 just five years after the 1986 launch of the Acura brand. Based on the very successful Orica 07 chassis, the new ARX 05 prototype features Acura-specific bodywork and utilizes the race-proven production-based Acura AR35TT twin turbocharged 3.5-liter V6 engine. The multi-year program will be administered by Honda Performance Development, the racing arm for both Acura Motorsports and Honda Racing in North America. On Thursday, last Thursday, the Speedway offered a preview of what will be the first road course ever in the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series. Prior to Charlotte's Roval debut next season, the Speedway revealed the addition of synthetic turn created by Sportsfield Inc. Within the new front stretch, Chike came beyond the turn for exit. Track officials are hoping the combination of the road course along with the turf creates new opportunities past in the grass for years to come. The first time ever artificial turf in America is Marcus Clinton CEO of Speedway Motorsports. It's been Formula One before in limited application, but this is the biggest application for synthetic turf in motorsports that's happening in Charlotte. Bernhard Jr. was able to nominate for charity. He came over and said, well, I guess we'll do a pass in the grass for this now. That's one of the great about it. It's got the right density. It's hard enough cars to go over it, it's very low to the ground or the pavement. It's at the same grade level, even with the cars with the splitters on the ground. They're able to run over this at 200 miles per hour and make a competitive pass. The turf, which will actually slow the cars down on entry as opposed to accelerating the skid, stretches over 42,000 square feet, longer than half the length of a football field. The project incorporated 300,000 pounds of sand 1,100 gallons of glue, and more than 900 hours to plan and bring to, fruit, to fruition. Smith says the first application of the turf will give the Speedway an idea whether to use it throughout the entire front stretch and potentially other tracks. While he's been on board with the roll full from the get-go, Smith was hesitant regarding an additional high cane on the front stretch. The for last lap pass in true road racing fashion is what put me over the top of the chicane, Smith stated. I resisted it at first. I, didn't, I thought we didn't need it. 
but we had a great discussion with NASCAR and other manufacturers, drivers, and designers that thought we'd provide a signature opportunity for great passing and great racing and great competition. After dwindling attendance in recent years for the Charlotte playoff race, NASCAR Executive Vice President and Chief Racing Development Officer Steve O'Donnell says the 2018 fall event will be a huge marquee event for the entire industry. It's an iconic track, O'Donnell said. We talked to Marcus about how do we reinvigorate the weekend. We race here twice, so I think it's just differentiating between both those races. It's a great place that racers, that drivers want to win at. I think we'll have fans turn out to see this and also support the race in May as well. O'Donnell said there are no plans to use road courses at any of the current oval tracks at this time. He cautioned against the sport getting ahead of itself. I don't want to compare, but the Winter Classic was special. Now, there's a number of those O'Donnell added, very similar to racing on dirt with the truck. If we were to explore that kind of keep it small, we'll see how it plays out. After O'Donnell experienced the Roval firsthand, he said what surprised him the most was the elevation changes of the circuit. Goodyear has a two-day tire test planned for later this month, and O'Donnell said officials will try different configurations with the bus stop through turns six to eight. O'Donnell added that Goodyear will also have the same rain tire used at Sonoma Raceway and Watkins Glen available for the Roval. Fans tires on October 18th. This brings us to our last topic of the evening. NASCAR chairman and CEO satellite radio, NASCAR radio, the couple of cars But according to NASCAR president Brent War, there's not been a new model submission this season from manufacturer outside the sport. Any manufacturer looking to go NASCAR racing has to present a approval to the second year in advance of competing. For close to the time period, if someone new would come in, the earliest someone could come in would be 2019. DeWar said after that passes, it would be 2020. We've been talking for the last couple of years, looking to add additional manufacturers to the sport, DeWar said on Thursday. When we came up with the charter process, it's an important next step. We've been in good talks for the last couple of years. The sport offers a lot of opportunities for the right brands to come racing and demonstrate their performance on the racetrack. It's a work in progress, so we're excited about the future. Bar spent most of his career motors before being named president of NASCAR. Yes, last last he believes Chevy Ford Toyota would run the competition. So he also believes NASCAR will have a two or four door option as potentially charger or challenge. Appealing that was for the manufacturer and for the ones we've been talking to, Dewar stated. Again, we want to be a reflection of the products they want to bring back to the racetrack to race. Trucks have been trucks. Trucks have to be trucks, and cars can be two-door or four-door cars. And we worked with them on that to allow enough planning. And that's what you'll see. We have a cadence of planning of what they can, what they can bring to the track and adjust it. It's all in parity. All the manufacturers, once they pick it and they come together, and it's transparency. They get to see how the downforce works in the gold standard, things of that nature. So, yes, we're fine with the two-door and four-door, and with the existing ones, and hopefully the ones that will join. Dewar also stated that there's been discussion about the sports future and what that might feature. Incorporating cars down the road is not out of the question. 
but he doesn't envision a day where NASCAR evolves exclusively into an electric car tour. Obviously, is the engine of racing currently around the world. There's just one series that does it. We work with the old to make their handle of it. We work together on the Gen 6 car. We're on the next generation of cars. Quite frankly, we believe in internal combustion engines. We have high fuel today. We still think that's right for the near term. I worked with the OEMs. It wouldn't be different if those discussions. Not in the short term. It's the long term. When you hear announcements from the manufacturers, some that participate in our sport, some that don't. How do you get from hydrogen fuel cells to electric? That's what those can do. They have energy challenges on vehicles, all propulsion systems, whether it's hydrogen, internal combustion, etc. And racing is a manifest of that. I see a day where we release the propulsion systems? Absolutely. But we wouldn't make it anywhere with the pressure of our OEM. With that, I think we'll conclude tonight's episode of Thursday Night Thunder. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook, by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read all articles covering all aspects of motorsports at speedwaydigest.com. We've done quite a bit of articles in the past week on amazing uh, news. We've got 10 of them up there, I believe. So better check that out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who would the latest news information about our slice of paradise, that's which happening. We found by visiting Palm Beach having Mac. Currently have us going here on the Captain website. You can also find out information on our face page, which is facebook.com slash Palm Beach Happening. Uh, it's a contest for four tickets to uh, Fright Nights at the South Florida Fairgrounds, which we were lucky enough to attend the behind the scenes last Thursday, as well as the opening night on Friday of last week. So that should be cool. If you want to head out there, you can get a uh, four free tickets. All you have to do is uh, follow the instructions listed on our Facebook page. I'll also be posting a little bit about that probably in about 10 minutes on the Twitter page for Palm Beach Happening, which is twitter.com slash pbhappening. Be sure to check that out. Thank you for listening, you for- and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Thanks again, and have a nice evening.